Welcome to Archery Country Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Archery Country Podcast. This is your host, Big Wade, as we were sitting right in the heart of season. It's right around the corner. We're just a couple of days away, actually, hours, if you're counting down here in Minnesota. Our neighboring state, Wisconsin, is banging on the door, too. And thank goodness we got some colder weather that has struck. So bucks are moving, deer are moving. And what we are doing today's podcast, as many of you have already seen on your radio or your iPhone or wherever you get your podcast is a new name to archery country. It's called Code of Silence, and it's a new camo. It's a new cabin pattern. It's a system. It's an awesome, awesome accessory to your outerwear on any of your season. doesn't have to be whitetail. You can look into your turkeys out west. We've been using this. Jake's going to use it down south and myself in Missouri. We have two awesome guests with us from Code of Silence. We have Ev Terrell and Jamie Dykeman. How are you folks doing tonight? Hey, doing awesome. Doing well. We're glad to have you. And I got Jake, the boss man, is sitting right directly to the right of me. And we're just going to lay back and talk about it. And one of the cool things that I want to address to everybody when it comes to a system, when it comes to an actual camel pattern that's going to aid in your performance and also the material. Um, we've been thrown in different directions in the last 15 or so years in the outdoor industry about you need this pattern, you need this. Uh, material you need this you need this you need this but they never ever give us an explanation of why why do we need the system why do we need this but what we're going to address tonight is the reasoning behind and the passion that you guys have in your product but before we get into the actual code of silence material if you two wouldn't mind just taking us down a little history lesson you're both very very knowledgeable in the outdoor industry you've got an extensive past when it comes to it but just take us down a little trip uh, so we get to know you just a little bit better, and uh, then we'll bust out with a bunch of questions. That sounds awesome. Uh, I appreciate the question. Yeah, both Jamie and I, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of answer for both of us, and I'll let Jamie kind of join in here in a second. Um, you know, both of us came from Cabela's. I I started way before Jamie did at Cabela's, way back way back in the day. I spent over 30 years at Cabela's, um, and the uh, you know, 75% of those of those 30 years were spent managing the um, the hunting clothing. I shouldn't call it camel clothing. It was, it was so much more of blades and upland and women's and everything else that it, it wasn't just about camo. But uh, I managed that that business, which was about 90% private label, um, and you know, it was scent and lightweight and 3D and rainwear and outerwear and blaze orange and upland and turkey and um, so anyway, being a private label. Uh, dominated brand and company, you know, we manufactured um, that 90% of the product. So came from a, came from a place where I built an awful lot of clothes and sold a lot of clothes and had some wins and a few losses. And, but it was a great run. And then I, I started working with Jamie. Oh, I suppose what? 2013. 2013 at, at Cabela's and, and met her just kind of um, by chance. And, yeah. and we had a, we didn't work directly together all that much, but we were around each other a lot and, and uh, we're super lucky and fortunate to have her as part of this company. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamie, tell them a little bit. Yeah, as Ed mentioned, I met Ev in 2013 at Cabela's. Um, I really joined his team as he oversaw the hunting apparel side, so had some experience within merchandising and product development within the hunting apparel team. Um, and worked within customer relations, and uh, most of my experience, though, uh, at Cabela's was in product development, a lot of the private label stuff with archery accessories, shooting accessories, uh, clothing, and um, optics. I've uh, been in the industry for 10 years, passionate bow hunter, and good to be part of an exciting new brand with Code of Silence and, and connect with Ev again. We love it, and <clears throat> we love the passion. And one of the great and unique things is uh, we've really only carried one or two different camos for jake you can answer this for a, a while quite a few years because there's been in in my opinion nothing but a bunch of copying going on um and not a lot of new and not a lot of innovative um and things that you know like if you know me i'm passionate about hunting and if i'm going to use something or look into something i'm going to make sure it's the best that i think i can get and i'm pretty excited about this 
So what we what we have is something completely unique in the aspect. And for those of us that have been tied with Cabela's in the past, or you understand kind of the private label of what these two are talking about, this is something that you guys come up with. And we have a ton of different little key things that we can hit on, like the S18 camel and how you guys have an, a warmth rating on your material or on your outfits, uh, which is, is super easy for our customers. I mean, we've had this in a mm, couple months. Month? Yeah, maybe four weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, the, the first day that we, we all come in early and, and hung out and made this really, really elaborate display, and it just kind of pops out at you. It looks It looks comfortable just looking at it. And I got. I, I want to ask you guys just a little bit on it because we are, we are in early season. Obviously, there's been a lot of out west hunters in North Dakota. I've already been out there for for the first day of the season, but here in Minnesota, in the Midwest, we're opening the doors to that, so we can explain a little bit of what your your early season. Um, you know, we can talk about what we're carrying here with the Vertigree, the dialed in, and the Code Fall. Um, yeah, so let's, let's just kind of start what you guys would be looking at, what your, your design concept, um, which is going to lead into more and more questions. Yeah, and I think uh, Ev can do a really good uh, or transcription of, of the whole brand and what it is because right. the more I talked to him when I started looking at this, the more things that he pointed out that I wasn't even thinking of. You know, I thought yeah. this stuff looks warm, quiet, and I can move in it and not get busted. And the more I talked to him, the more I realized that there was more into that than, than just that yeah. part of the story. Sell us on that, Ev. Well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's, it's kind of a little bit like, where do you start? Um, you know, we, we definitely wanted to recreate, you know, the relevance of, of hunting clothing systems for particularly a bow hunter, I guess, you know, for all hunters. Um, but you know, with the proximity and the close encounter side of, of hunting and what it takes to convert, you know, convert from opportunities into, into being, you know, successful is, is kind of almost a different conversation. It's the, everything matters. It's kind of the way we, we, uh, refer to it around here. And so, you know, the, the quietness, the, um, the, the warmth. And the thermal efficiency, I should call it, it's, it's, it's really a little bit more than just warmth. We, we add a lot of, of thought and concept around breathability and how that, you know, creates, um, you know, ability to withstand, you know, cold temperatures and long sits. And then the concealment's huge. I, I could spend all, probably the whole podcast talking about the concealment side. We're, we're super stoked about and. I, I am no salesman. I, I will tell you everything that's, you know, probably marginal with our stuff or, or, the, or the, the challenges with it as much as I'll talk about the, the benefits. But the concealment side is is, is game-changing, I guess, in, in my humble opinion. And there's, there's a lot of reasons. Jake probably hinted on those on a little bit. On, on it's, It has a lot to do with – it is about the pattern. It is about the colors, as, as Camel has always been thought about. But I think light reflectance is – it, or the inverse of that, which is absorbance, is it stands out above the uh, the other attributes of the program, and um, we, we wanted to deliver on everything. It was as I think all your your listeners and you guys would you know uh, agree. It's it's you're only as good as the weakest link in your system, and we just tried to cinch up all those weak links links and deliver at a higher level and create a better way to go hunting. So explain a little bit on the the color palette um you know i heard you said reflection of light and the the absorption um theory behind that dive a little bit deeper into that it, it intrigues me how you worded that <laughs> okay i have to you know slow down a little bit because there's it's really easy to talk about this in a scientific level and um but it's you know it, it's kind of so such a new conversation that it's, it almost sounds like, well, how can it be, you know, that, that simple or, or that, you know, um, how can that be right in front of our face all these years and we haven't really thought about it? And I, I'm as guilty as anyone. I built clothes for 30 years and, and I knew what I liked. I, I, you know, some of the, the, the higher loft, natural colored, you know, knitted garments that were low on synthetics 
you know, I always thought I, I had good success in, in getting animals close and not getting seen. And so that's naturally where we leaned in this program. But as we started to really get good results with, with our camouflage, with our colors, with our fabrics, with the, with their high texture, with their high organic contents, we really said, what's going on here? And we, there's a lot, there's a lot of really cool stuff to talk and think about, um, and how it relates to, you know, not getting noticed. I, I really think that the hunters in general have thought about camel. Now that, it, now that I've sort of reeducated myself and really thought about this, I, I think hunters have thought about, you know, concealment and, and colors and pattern. Well, it's really about not getting noticed in the woods, which gets into mimicking the light reflections of the woods, which are 100% organic, which are 100% textured, which is a lot, is almost exactly opposite of what the dominant fabrics used in hunting clothing in there. So um, I don't know if I said that right, but, you know, we are mimicking beyond color and beyond pattern. We're mimicking the woods from a, a light absorbent standpoint um, as much as we possibly can. Yeah. And I think even all of us, you know, seeing different than a deer and everything else, you know, especially, you know, real shiny polyesters and stuff. You can, you can definitely see that in the woods more or yeah. just if somebody, you know, somebody's stalking a deer or whatever, and you're looking at it, that sticks out a lot more than, than the camel pattern itself sometimes. Well, it's funny, you know, I mean, it's, you know, how, as hard as it is to, to see deer, when sometimes when they're right below you in, in, in your tree and, you know, you've you got to get them to crinkle the leaves sometimes to realize where they've moved to um, as they're, you know, doing whatever they're doing below your tree. And it's the same principle we're talking about. It's the, the deer are pretty much one color, you know, except for their underbellies, they're white. I mean, they're, they're brown. And, and it's that same light absorbance, um, you know, dynamic that really allows them or any predator for, or any predator or any really animal in the woods, um, you know, to survive or to prey efficiently works off the same principles. It does. And then when we take and look at, you know, the, the fad, I guess for a long time has been the, not a long time, but as the digital, you know, we, we've noticed it on some other brands, the digital. And when you look at code of silence, you don't have, you know, I'm looking here in the shop and I'm, I'm probably within 15 yards or, or 15, 10 yards of this, the camel display we have. It's a soft, um, accent to where we have light neutral colors and then some dark, it doesn't pop. And we have ambient lighting. I mean, we have led in here. It's, it's, uh, I guess it's, is it comfortable to your eye. Does that make sense? But is there, yeah. is that when you guys design this camel, and, and the, the tones behind it, where did you get that? And, and am I saying it's S18 camel? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a, a quick, you know, a, a quick kind of three-tiered kind of story on the whole thing. So when, it, when you think about the camel, which is S18, which is a uh, rounding off of, of 17.8, which the 17.8 came from us, and not the most scientific study, but still very valid, I guess, statistically, at least in our minds, what we're trying to do. So we talked to uh, um, a group of hunters across the country and came up with an average stand height of that group of hunters of 14.8 feet. And then you put a six-foot average person in that, so you have a, a belt height of, of 17.8 feet. And then we went and found the five most common hardwood trees in the, in the Midwest and looked at the branch density and the branch um, size at that 17.8 foot mark. And that drove the element composition in the, in the pattern. Uh, we, we wanted this to be the nature's camo, you know, and it didn't want it to be Ev's art or Jamie's art or, you know, put a, I'll put a branch here. I'll look good. I'll put a leaf here and, we wanted there to be some validity behind the, the science of it. I'll be the first to admit that, you know, some of those trees that we looked at were bare branched and some of them looked like the, the, the your favorite, you know, apple tree you like to climb in the kid and the branches everywhere. But 
we want to, it's still an average uh, of all of those that has the best chance of, of fitting in and in the environments we're hunting in. So that was the camo. The, um, the color scheme, because we favor a different technique for creating the, the colors and the pattern and the softness or the neutrality that I kind of mentioned earlier, um, we're, we're limited to four colors. This pattern is knit into the, the product. So we dye the yarns and then they're, they're knitted in a lot like you would see a grandma's old favorite sweater, you know? And so we're limited to four colors. So we looked at those same trees, came up with the average darkest color and the, 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 the bookends were easy, you know, the, the darkest and the lightest. And then we found the two in the middle, basically, you know, divided the, the color spectrum in quarters and, and use those four quarters from a color scheme, and that drove the color scheme. So again, it's nature driving the colors. Uh, and then when you take the 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 texture and the composition, we favor organics as much as we can, and still maintain durability. You know, it's got to hold up. Go to 100% wool, and it has it has a few challenges. So this is a composite on the wool side, but that same knit and then the same texture leads to the, the surface that, that really, and the composition leads to the um, the overall light absorbance that we were talking about that to me is the biggest deal in the, that's going on with the line. I would, it is, we didn't really set out to, to redefine camouflage. It was really about quietness and warmth and overall functionality with a damn good camel, but the concealment side really rose to the top as we, as we developed it. Um, and as you can probably tell, I spent an awful lot of time, not just, you know, out in the woods going up, does it work or not? But in, I just got back from Florida two weeks ago, Jamie, mm-hmm. where I spent the day and a half in labs going through light absorbance tests and there's somebody on there and in a pretty big way. So we're excited to not just, you know, leverage out of the brand, but to bring it to hunters in a general sense. It's, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but it's, you know, when you think about why snipers don't make their ghillie suits out of nylon strips or polyester strips or using jute and they're using um, natural materials, it, it, it has an awful lot to do with the same type of deliverable that we're trying to, that we're trying to bring out. Breaking up your silhouettes, as you could say, and that. So, Jamie, if you could, and uh, let's, should we talk about the different the three different levels that we have or where do you want to go well and i think a little bit you know i'd like to get their opinion on the wool over synthetics yes that's that's because i know for me like i not i don't i have a ton of gear and i go towards the natural wool stuff over synthetics i'm more comfortable in it longer it's normally quieter um, and I, I want to get someone that's an expert in that field to maybe explain why a little bit. Yeah, I think, and honestly, Jake, to, to your perspective, it took me a while to realize the benefit of the fabric type that Ed was talking about. You know, I, I was one that was more focused on looking good. I will be honest. Um, you know, I used to be a big fan of, of brands out there that, you know, their patterns were cooler, their, you know, it was, it was more focused on what it looked like, but totally missed the mark on the importance and the functionality of, of concealment. So um, the fabric choices, the more organic, you know, we're talking more Berber wool and the fleece wool, which we'll talk about how we incorporate those fabrics within our line, all relates to what Ed's talking about with the concealment side and high absorbency, but also the fabric choices and the technique with, in you know, the jackguarding um, knitting relates to more than just the concealment. It relates to the other key stories that are within our line, such as the silence exactly. and also the warmth. And so was, the fabric is everything. I mean, it, was, yes. it was awesome that, you know, sort of the, the things that, that lean to delivering on the quietness also highly lean to, to be in the, the thing that delivered the light absorbance yeah. as well. You know? Yeah. So I'm glad you, I mean, appreciate the seeing that up to be able to talk further about the fabrics. And I, I will admit that I was the person that was, you know, back in the day, um, even in 
product development with camo, you know, look was was important. But, and Ev, I think you can echo this, out of the 35 years that you've developed camouflage, like, this is, I mean, a whole concept that I think was almost, like, overlooked. And now you're like, oh, my God, why, why now, you know, is this now, like, a huge well, deal? But it, you know, seems, happen. It, it seems a little more obvious, uh, yeah. you know, to me now. And I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people up in your country would, you know, can relate to what I'm just going to say, but, you know, you see waterfowl owners going to flock heads on their, on their goose decoys mm-hmm. um, or similar benefits of, of appearing natural. Um, that plastic reflects light and, or a paint surface reflects light and you, you flock it. And it's, it's exactly opposite. And, you know, geese know the difference. And well, a deer that's trying to, you know, survive, um, it's just as important and just as big of a deal there. But, you know, there's a couple of stories here I want to tell. And there's so many motivations. And I wasn't like after 30 years, I just couldn't wait to get out and build more <laughs> camo. Um, but, you know, I, I sat in a few trees. Oh, I don't know, five, four or five years ago, and hunting one particular deer, and literally, and I'm not talking about sitting in a stand that I've been picked off in 19 times over, you know, over the course of a year, and the deer was sort of on to me. I'm talking about hanging and hunting and and climbing 26 foot up, and and literally wrapping myself on the opposite side of the tree and letting the deer get past the tree before you try to draw and shoot as a mechanism to hide myself. And I'm sitting in a thousand dollar set of supposedly the best camel in the world. And I'm like, this is wrong. You know, why, why am I hiding my camel? Yeah. <laughs> and, and nothing against anybody, but you know, I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Of, you know, I hear these other deer have a sixth sense. They have a sixth sense. They, they want to let people look like in trees, you know? Yeah, no, I think all of us over the last 15 years went from thinking, Camel was this big asset to you to, to hide. And then you kind of mm-hmm. went through this realization that it, it's made to look on the shelf. Cool. So we all buy it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, I got some solids. I got some camo, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. So uh-huh. yeah. yeah, no, I, yeah. I would agree. I think it's, you know, I'm excited. I haven't hunted out of, well, I hunted out of a little bit of your guys' stuff late last year. Um, and, and I, you know, I didn't put two and two together with the camouflage at that point. I didn't hunt out of it a lot because it was late when I got it. Um, but now I'm excited this year. I know it's warm because I had the cold fall and like, there's no walking anywhere in that suit. Like you're taking it off <laughs> yeah. and you're walking and you're putting it yeah. on because you will die walking in and it's so warm. But no, I'm excited to see, to, to test the camouflage portion of it. So here's a question for you. And this is me being dead honest. Like I, I fall for the, you could say the gimmicks or the coolness. Oh yeah. The, you're, you know, you're I mean, way. I'm, I'm a gadgety kind of yep. whatever's new. I'm going to get it and I'm going to get a lot of it. Right. Um, I've been, you know, out on the plains of North Dakota and I've been frozen, uh, Minnesota. There's, there's certain times I don't hunt in late season unless I got a box blind because it's, I, I'm not doing something right. You know, so explain to me, it could be all three of you, explain to me why I want Berber, wool, or the blended of the two. For for Western hunting? That for any, anything, yeah. Let's, let's just strictly kind of say like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Missouri, Iowa, North and South Dakota, tree stand hunting. Yep. Um, you know, the, the, the big ones there would be um, quietness, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, and not just, you know, there's, there's a lot of different types of noise. There's, you know, there's noise you make brushing up against stuff. There's noise you make when you're brushing against a tree that you're sitting in or the ground blind, your the ground blind chair that you're in. There's walking in. There's, you know, we used to call them, you know, um, brushing noises and wisp noises. We all kinds of adjectives that Cabela's we used. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of different types, but high loft fabrics, um, particularly ones that are that are knitted, like ours are, are as forgiving against all those noise types as anything you'll find out there. Period. Um, the concealment side is probably actually my top top yeah. of the list. Yeah. 
I, you know, done a lot of, uh, like everybody has, spent a lot of time in the woods and um, seen seen a lot of different things. And I, I do an awful lot of environment calling. And I am shocked in the last few years, and I'm talking about calling February coyotes that have seen it all, you know, sit out there on the hill, look at you, won't come, won't move, just, you know, overcalled coyotes. And the forgiveness I get with, with predators at a ground level out west without trees around me is just as impressive as a tr- as how a deer reacts to the camel in a tree. It really is. There's something about that softness, um, that that light absorbance that doesn't translate to alarm or, or danger, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in about every species I've, I've messed with it in. Um, yes. So... I'd say- you know, why hunt in Berber or, or fleece? Um, I mean, really, the concealments are you blend in better, it's a lot quieter, and it's warmer. Yeah. Those are the three, you know, main, and, yeah, main and reasons why I would say that's the why. Well, and it's sort of a secondary benefit of the light absorbent. Yeah. It, absorbs, it absorbs light, so it, it keeps you warmer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's actually like the fabric's heating up um, because of that absorbent. Yeah, and I know I've had a few times when the day's coming to the end and the wind lets down and I take off my $500 jacket because it's too noisy and I'm sitting there freezing. So if I have to draw back on something, I actually got a chance, you know? Yeah. So I'm yeah. excited. That's that's what drew me towards your guys' line was the the natural fibers and things, knowing it was going to be quiet, knowing it was going to be warm. And, and then the more I learned about it, the more intrigued I got. And, uh, the more I, you know, I met Ev first and the more I talked to him, the more intrigued I got about things. And then naturally for me, like good product, good people, good line. Like I get, I get more interested. Well, I appreciate that. You know, we, we, again, we didn't, it wasn't like, you know, we were just starved to get out there and build more camo. We just really thought there was a void in the industry and we both have a, great background in the manufacturing side and you know you spend all the time in the woods you want and it, it definitely helps you understand what works and but I, I think you know what really was blessed with that exposure to the building gear um, and doing doing it cost effectively yeah you know we have a, yeah. have a challenge on that don't we Jamie yeah that's what I mean I see one of the biggest things that we're going to have to overcome is, is education and why I say that is because we're offering these products at, at a value and that's important to us and I think to, to F point with efficiency within our, our expertise um, helps and allows us to offer our products at a value price but then that comes with the perception of is it really that quality you know we're we're developing high quality stuff and the price isn't showing that, which we almost have to re-educate and re-instill um, that expectation. I, yeah. that's, I mean, yeah. that's, that's what I see is going to be a challenge. Well, that's what, when I when I got the first suit from you guys, I was like, well, if it doesn't work, it's not that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Comparably, I mean, and, you know, it outperformed some of my more expensive stuff as far as warmth and quiet, for sure. So I, I again I'm then I'm going to shoot um because I am asking questions that I don't know the answer to and I'm not embarrassed to ask them. We've been pounded and pounded and pounded and I and you know I'm not going to lie to anybody I've I've done podcasts with other camel companies and you've been taught this you got to layer 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 you got to buy this 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 and this before you get to that. Are we going down the same road because you know, basically I could walk over and grab a, a pant and a jacket for the same price as a competitor jacket. What yep. else do I need to do? How am I layering when I am exposed to using now Berber? You sold me on the Berber wool combo tied together. How am I making it the most beneficial for me? It's a great, it's a great question. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to think about this, I guess. I mean, um, when anyone asks, I guess us about you know what, what's the what's the one thing what's the one thing I can do to make this be at its best and moisture control is is I always say it's wrong it's the way it's the wrong way to think about it 
it's it's you should think about it as moisture elimination. There there's not a there's not a sliding scale that says if you're a little wet you're going to get a little cold. If you're medium wet you're going to get medium cold. If you're you know that somehow you have to be soaking wet walking in to freeze. It, it's not it's not true. Granted, I mean you can get by with this being a little wet, but I think you get my point. And we, we've really built the styles of uh, garments to complement you know good moisture management. You'll see full length leg zippers in our medium and, and heavyweight series now. All three, zone seven dialed in and cold fall bottoms are all full length to the hip zippers, heavy duty zippers that are gonna hold up in muck and rain and snow or whatever. Easy to run in the dark. Um, you know, cause people say one of the first, number one thing you should do, forget our clothes is, is, you know, make sure you're dry when you get, when before you before you get to your sand or before you get to your blind or whatever. And so we're really about that. So that's the number one thing. I mean, layering as our garments will also support, air is the best insulator we know. It really is. All the high loft fancy insulations that you hear so much about, they do have great fiber stories, but everyone without a doubt will get its benefit from its loft, which is its air trapping ability. Um, so when you think about our clothes, like our cold fall has five layers, our dialed in has four, our zone seven has three. So if you have five layers, you have four air chambers in a garment. So there's a little bit of a layering within a layer strategy going on. Um, so I want you to think about that, but within layering between our garments and, and your skin, absolutely mix and match. But again, it's really about controlling moisture before you get there. Um, you can't, you know, you can't, yeah, there's fibers that absorb moisture, but they're still wet. <laughs> they don't, you know, they, they dry over time, but um, good plan from the start is, is worth its weight and gold. Yeah. Did I answer your question? Absolutely, did. I'm just kind of yeah. sitting here just astonished of why I haven't ever done this before. Why I haven't looked at it. Well, it's, and Jake, I know, you know, Jake and I talked about this a little bit. It's, you know, and, I always say, you know, when I go in a tree, it doesn't, you know, when it's 50 out, you can withstand a lot. It, it, it gets below 30 and it starts to get tough. You get below 10 and it really gets tough. But um, it's it freeze to stay warm. It's, if, I'm, if it's below 20 degrees and I'm, if, if, if I'm not freezing when I'm standing there getting ready to start walking, I'm nervous because if I'm warm, I'm going to be really warm before I get to my sand and that's going to be the death of me. Yeah. I got that, uh, cold fall and it was, I don't know, it was cold. It was before I was muzzleloader season in Missouri, Missouri. Yeah. And I was sighting my muzzleloader and I had my target at maybe 250 yards and I shot and I tried to walk to the target and back and there was a little bit of snow on the ground and I both was, burning by the time i got back yeah warm yeah, yeah yeah really warm so that brings up a good point like you guys have what we call and correct me at any time if i'm wrong but it's a warmth rating uh makes it really easy for consumers and also us in the, in the shops uh is it as simple as saying one two three four or where you know where are we going with that yeah i mean jamie and i are looking at each other <laughs> i think the the warmth rating is a very easy way to educate the consumer on where that piece lies and really it's temperature ranges. Um, fourth is in our assortment, the warmest and that's the, the cold ball. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's a five layer garment, like I said. And, and when we say layer garment, those are, those are layers within the manufacturing of that that's garment. Right. Yep. yep. And as air, air is the biggest, you know, insulating, property out there, as I've said. And with those layers among layers and that construction method that we have within our garments, that helps improve that thermal efficiency better than than products that are out there today. And that's something we pride ourselves on. I mean, we don't have any laminates within this, and that's a whole different conversation with, you know, waterproofness. But the warmth story is still extremely solid um, because of that technique and that layering among a layer within the um, construction side. Uh, as far as, you know, one rating to four, um, it, it's a good way to organize our sort of, that was really the intention of that rating. Which it was, it was yeah, yeah. 
like I said, I'm, I'm really transparent, you know, and we, we had the three series last year was dialed in was new. And then the, the, the new Napani, which is the new lighter weight program is new. And so we had three programs last year, kind of a, a medium weight and a medium heavy and then a heavy. And we just, so we'll do them, you know, uh, one, two, and four is actually where we placed them. And mm-hmm. so we didn't really leave a lot of room under the one to really have, you know, we, we almost need a zero and a minus one mm-hmm. now, uh, you know, to get to the really warm stuff. So what I'm saying there is if you look at the one, there's also a temperature rating that goes with the one. Yep. So we have ones that go kind of, uh, you know, in the 40 to 55 range. And then we have ones that go from, you know, 55 to 70. So just pay a little bit of close attention to, uh, to exactly what the one is saying, I guess. So that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely does. I just uh, happened to just slip away and, and we had some products here. The way we're kind of set up is, is a makeshift studio, but we have a hanging rack right yeah. next to us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like easy when I say it's easy. I'm looking through here and I can, I can look at your, the visual silence, you know, the camo and it explains it all in detail. And then I look and I say, okay, warmth rating three, uh, thermal. Okay. Perfect. And then I look right below it, zero to 40 degrees, ideal condition, zero to 40. Um, but there's also a lot of information on here when we talk about wind, because we do get some wind, you know, timber Ridge or that was my next question. Yes. was how yeah. how are you guys combating wind with with this clothing? Yeah, so not all of our our um, all our lines are rated as windproof, um, and windproof is a little bit of a subjective, you know, term. In that, you know, our wind uh, wind resistance, or however you want to say that, you know, our verdigree series, for example, we don't have a formal wind barrier in that. The, the wind technology we primarily use is a, is a technology called wind seal, um, but it, it's not in the vertigree series. But if you were out in 15, 18, 22 mile an hour winds, I mean, just because of the density of the outer shell fabric and the lining, you know, you're going to be moderately, you know, protected from the wind. It, it, it's not like that. night and day where yeah. it's either windproof or it isn't. Um, so all of our products are, are generally windproof. When we get into the wind seal, which is in the in the upper three programs, um, you know, you definitely start to, to take that to a different level. And as you add layers, um, you know, our, our five-layer garment, you know, uh, it, no matter how windy it is and how wet the wind is, it's, 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 it just really gets, it, gets the job done. So when we're looking at, uh, just kind of eyeballing this stuff up, I'm I'm kind of broke apart and seeing what you're talking about on your layering system. It's some it's some badass looking stuff here that we have. <laughs> what? Uh, so I didn't even know we had Zone Seven. So that's the Zone Seven dialed in's my favorite. Oh. Like that's that my, me personally. That's like the time of year you live for. You know, end of October to. So November. this yeah. is this isn't what you were wearing. Th- no, this the, isn't cold the cold fall, fall is what I had. Yep. So is there stuff warmer than this? Yes. Oh God. But that, you know, I know we talked about price a little bit. Is that zone seven dialed? Is what two thirty, two twenty for the pants? Two thirty for the jacket. Four, um, four fifty. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got hoodies that <laughs> from other brands that cost that much. You know, it's it's yeah. really, and I didn't go into this. Being like, I want to find something cheaper than what I'm wearing. I wanted to find no, something that suited yeah. better, but it's surprising the value that what you're getting with it. You know, I go. I, you see, you guys have. Go ahead, go ahead, Ev. No, I. You know, uh, Jake knows me well enough, and and Jamie's probably going to kick me with, under the table here. But um, you know, I. Oh, I'll tell you everything that I you know wish we'd have done a little bit differently in the clothing which isn't a lot, but, you know, I'm, I'm just very transparent on what's really, really stands out to me as, as new and unique and, and highly relevant. And, you know, um, that dialed in series, I'm super proud of. I mean, yeah. for the guy that, you know, late October, November, early December, maybe even later hunt, you know, it's going to be sitting, you know, how it can be. And I sat in, it can be 
46 degrees on on November 6th, and last year it was it was six degrees. And I can layer or not layer under that system, and almost adapt to that full spectrum. Which I don't know. Even after I mean, I've built thousands of clothing styles. And I don't know if I have a series that I've ever built that I could say that about. I would hand it to somebody that said, man, I, I'm a layering guy, and I want to, it, it might be six below, you know. If, if I layer, will this work? And I go, yep, as long as you stay dry walking in, I'm, I'm going to stand behind it. And he says, okay, well, what if, it's, what if it's 42 out, you know. I'm like, hey, as long as you pack it in, and again, and you don't, you don't sweat, this is important, you know, because you wear that in when it's 46, it's, it's going to be too hot. You're going you're gonna to sweat this as much and, and can you, would it work? I go, yeah. I mean, you start talking about systems that work from six to 46 degrees, minus six to 46 degrees. That's kind of defying gravity, I guess. And again, I'm no salesman. I'm not trying to make everybody, it's just, it just really hit a, that's why we did it. I mean, you'd, you'd almost look at zone seven and cold fall last year and go, now what are you missing? I'm like, I my, my zone seven just, doesn't quite do it for me when it's below 10 and my cold fall is just too much when it's 35 out. So yeah, I need a, I, I need a, I need a better five iron, you know? Yeah. I feel like no. the dialed in is like, you can put your rattling antlers with it because that's the one you're going to, you can get aggressive in rattle, be quiet draw your bow. It's, it's the time of year you live for that suit. Like, and I didn't appreciate it until I put it on. Uh, I totally missed that suit altogether. It did, yeah. I put it on, and I'm like, oh, boy, we missed the mark here. we got to change some stuff. Yeah. I'd say as you're naturally a critic. I mean, I'm, I'm always, even both of us are just a continuous improvement mindset, but where, where that dialed in landed, we're, to your point, echoey, truly proud of it. But, you know, some of the little things, I guess, I, I hope people understand you know, the, the authenticity and the, and the thought, you know, uh, the, and it is sometimes it's the simplest things, but that hand pocket on that dialed in parka with the cuff on there, which we're in the process of trying to put a patent on. And it's so simple, but I think everybody can relate to have wanting the dexterity of a really light glove, maybe a bare hand on their release hand mm-hmm. and, you know, wanting to have it super warm while they're sitting there waiting. And then, have their hands so warm when it does come out and do have an opportunity that you just get that much more time to, you know, make it happen. And that pocket, you put a couple hand warmers in that thing and it's just, it's just gold. It's yeah. just this money. And, and I think, uh, Ev said a so, key word there. Cause in my mind, when I think of code, code of silence, I think of the authenticity of the brand. Um, and, and this is going off on a separate tangent, but, for me right now in a lot of the apparel world of the outdoor brand, there's too much show and not enough go. And, yep. and for me, this kind of, it's almost been bothersome to me a little bit about for myself with what I wear, because you get grouped into, I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a farm kid, you know, grew up on a farm. Like I want to kind of blend in. I, I want something that works and I want, my money to be, if I'm going to spend money on something, I want it to be worth it. Like I'm okay mm-hmm. with, with buying the best, but I want to feel like I'm getting my money's worth and the company behind it has my best interest at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that was, yeah. that was, as I got to wrapped in more into this brand, y- you can feel that with, with what's going on here. Mm-hmm. What, what I think about it and, and you guys know Jake, you know, obviously, but I've, I've We've had a relationship for probably 10 going on 12 years. And, and the cool thing about Jake obviously owns a a very successful company. We got three shops, the diversity of products. We're a pro shop that carries a plethora of options for everybody, rather be bows or crossbows or arrows. And now like the missing link in our showroom floor has been something that can work. That's not a sales pitch. Right. And where I'm going with this, when Jake says, Hey, I found something that I really, really like the backstory behind it is true. The people are humble. It's not a bunch of nerdy scientists who probably never sat in a tree stand, you know, putting color palettes together, like this stuff you can use and it works. So, you know, he told us this last year, 
right around the ATA after he got back from Missouri, he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm really looking into this. And, and being one of the managers on the team, you know, we, we take it to heart and like, all right, cool. You know, we want to see it. And then all of a sudden the anticipation builds and we're like, okay, well, like we want to see this stuff. And the very first thing I seen was a pack and, and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I even said to Jake, I'm like, okay, I seen pictures, but I'm still very skeptical. And then I got the pack and I was like, 30 seconds completely changed my mind, not only on the color pattern, but the material. And I'm like, okay, somebody actually who, who hunts, who has a passion for the outdoors, understands what we're missing in some things and adding to it. They built it. And that was just a pack. And then we got the camo. I'm like, all right, I get it. I get it. But as a, as somebody who works in the pro shop, and you and someone comes to the till and and whatever we're helping them it could be just putting a fletching on an arrow or they need you know some scent wafers for their next hunt and they think you know well maybe i could use a new article of clothing and they walk over to what we used to have and, and still have it but it's you know next next to the stuff and the, you just see the sticker shock you have to be a hell of a salesman to explain maybe why that philosophy is so high this stuff we can just be normal people. You can just be bow hunters that say like, all right, dude, this is what it is. And you know, you can get this and this and this, if you want to right away or you can get the whole system. And it's not really a system. You can get different particles, different garments. And I, it, it eases people into, it doesn't put them in a situation. Well, and I think too, like a big part of getting into bow hunting and enjoying the sport is being comfortable. You're out there and having good gear. Um, not everybody can buy a four or $500 bow and spend $800 on gear exactly. to enjoy it. I mean, I, I feel good if the 14 year old kid came in here, there's mowing lawn all mm-hmm. summer that we can show him these pieces and he is getting an unbelievable value for his money and he's going to enjoy the sport. He's going to be out there comfortable and he's, he's got a better chance of getting into it. We've all, I mean, you know, we probably all grew up with the bread bags over mm-hmm. our socks, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Been there yeah. many times. And, it, you know, it's not, and you'd go to the completely opposite end of the spectrum. Let's say someone just dropped five grand on a complete setup. They want to lengthen their season. We can still get them into products that work exceptionally well without matching the price of the bow setup. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I appreciate, I appreciate what you guys are saying on that and, and everything up to it. And it's, it's very, it's very intriguing. Um, to, to be a user along with somebody who offers it to other people to a lengthen their season or B make their season, whatever it may be more comfortable because we all know if you make that movement, the last two minutes, you know, shooting light when it might be that magical time you make that movement, he's already got you pegged. Yeah, or if right. we can be, we can stay five minutes after legal shooting because we are comfortable. We're warm. We're not having to move and open up new hand warmers and, and, you know, readjust. And then if we did readjust, it goes, you know, it's like a whole, it's a whole complete, everything was thought of. And that's, that's kudos to you and your team. Well, I appreciate that guys. Yeah. I mean, we put a lot of thought into it and, and, but you know, for the record, the, the prices that are out there in the industry that we're probably being compared to had zero had zero thought in our mind of, hey, we want to be half price of that guy. Uh, it, was, it had nothing to do with anything where we landed. It was really about, hey, we can build a code for X. We should, it should sell for Y. And maybe that's the wrong philosophy. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people would think, "Oh, what can I, what can I get away with?" I'm just, we're just pretty, you know, as you say, fun people, basically, guys. And and it's like, no, this is what a good firm handshake price should be. And if we can make money and, and do the things we need to do, that's probably never going to change. So. And it speaks volumes for consumers. You know, I think it speaks a lot about the company. Yeah. Absolutely. Who's uh, who's the genius that in, that designed the packs? Because they deserve a Nobel Prize. <laughs> there you go, sir. Was that you, Ev? Well, you get lucky, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you you did your homework and you nailed it. There's two we carry. There's there might be more, but we carry the two, the standard, um, and fill me in on the actual names. 
and then we have the extreme. If if there is a saddle hunter that is listening or just getting into saddle hunting, and you're like, okay, now I, I need a pack because mine's not adequate for everything. The code of silence packs that we have on the rack, and we have a bunch of them, like it is a saddle hunter's dream. Well, and for me, someone, number one, who's carrying gear in, mm-hmm. and I always have antlers with, and there's it's the first pack where I've actually had a good spot to put my antlers, which I think anybody who carries their Adeline antlers with can attest to that one. Mm-hmm. You don't carry the bag? No. Little, little deal? No, the real, <laughs> real deal. Oh, the packs are awesome. Um, cause oh, thank you. Yeah, there's room for gear, there's room for bow, there's room for their antlers. Yeah, there's a lot going on with it. I, you know, um, be the first to admit, you know, we there were some things that they really worked well for as an end use that probably weren't in the forefront of our minds. But, um, you know, camera camera use, I mean, I, I've become a videographer just because I have to be, you know, with the, with the brand we're involved with. But, you know, I had some camera guys that came to me and said, I can't believe what this does. You know, the fact that the, no, I'm talking about the bigger pack primarily, you know, it doesn't unzip all the way. So your gear's never going to fall out and hit the ground. You know, the side, those side holsters with the straps, you know, can fit a, a full size camera arm in and have a selfie stick or an extra saw or whatever on the other side. And there's plenty of room for a lot of different, you know, camera accessories in it. And it's, it's, I talked to a lot of guys who have been, said, I've been looking my whole life for a camera pack like this, man. Way to go. And I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, I, um, I wish I could tell you I designed it to be a camera pack, but it's, I think just a lot of those, you know, just common sense features just have a lot of, um, you know, latitude and, and, and how they, how they can function. So. Yeah. Yeah. The packs are the double back packs, the unique double back system. Um, really a lot of that came from finding or solving the problem of carrying in rattling antlers like that. I mean, Jake, to your point that there's, I know it seems so simple, but it's like, that was where a lot of that inspiration came from. And, at that point, it really expanded into just the functionality of it. It's extremely versatile. It's not, it's not, a, you know, there's lots of packs out there, and I have, I have a lot of experience developing packs to where they're too cute, too many pockets, too many things to where half the time you can't even find your stuff. Um, that's what's nice about these two is not only is it extremely functional, but it's, it's minimalistic, I would say, too. Do yeah. you agree? Yeah. I, I think that was part of the philosophy, too, of, mm-hmm. you know, too much is too much, and, yep. you know. I think it's the right balance if you are a gear intensive person that yeah. there is enough that you can get by with it. But at the same time, if you're like me and it's, it's you know, two pockets, <laughs> to remember where you put your release yeah. and it can be too many. Um, and there is some, you know, some thought, I guess those side pockets to me are sort of like a console and a pickup where I want to know where my five or six, you know, my, my wind tester, my maybe a screw in bow hook, um, my release might be my cell phone. I'll admit it. Um, you know, my headlamp, when I get out of the truck, those five things are in one spot where I can just grab them and I don't have to go, oh, where'd I put this? Where'd I put that? And at the same time they're, you know, I can secure them, but I have an easy access. And the same thing on the tree, I can just open that up and that's where my wind tester is, or that's where my grunt call is, or that's where my range finder can be if I'm that guy. And I'm probably more excited about that little, super simple little side pocket than I am about some of the features, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, I mean, and they're, they're, they're handy because, you know, with like, I set one up the other day and and I had gutting gloves and, and three or four knives, which I only need one, but why not have more? Right. And then I have a headlamp. Now, some situations when you're walking in, it's not, it's not, where is it in the pack? It's where am I going to put it in the pack when I get to the tree? Yeah. You know, and that it, it's well, like you say, it's easy. There's, and you, it takes literally five minutes to set it up and, and find where all your stuff is. Well, that, that's one of the biggest challenges, at least when I started out designing the packs was, you know, everybody's a little bit different. You know, it, it's clothing. There's some pretty strong common denominators and packs. I would tell you that, I mean, there's everything from, I want a hundred pockets and a pocket yeah. for everything to, no, I just want the, I just want a square pack with nothing. And, we, we we really tried to find some common denominators that even 
irregardless of where you fell on that spectrum that they were going to apply to you. I think it, I think it worked out pretty good. I think it's the same philosophy across the whole line when it comes to me, like it has the stuff you want it mm-hmm. to be functional, you know, like for me, the pack, you can carry antlers, you can carry your bow, you can carry your outerwear, you can carry your other things you need while being able to use it quietly the whole time. Um, or there isn't a lot of extra on it. And, and I think that's what I appreciate about, about a lot of the whole line. Like it's the ability to be quiet, to be efficient and, and get the job done. You know, another thing that I noticed, like, so we've tried on every item that we carry and full setup and, and I'm not the smallest guy in the world, but like the clothes fit, there's longer tail. So when it comes to drawing your bow, you're not exposed. Um, the bibs, like they have a, a slim fit, you know, on your torso, but yet roomy enough where you're keep, you're keeping that air flow where you're at. Just the simplest little things that you've designed, like the hood, there's not a zipper that you can catch or flaps or, or anything there. And then, you know, when you want to, whatever you call those little uh, bungee straps for tightening up that they're hidden inside. They're not on the outside. They're inside where they should be, you know? That's right. I appreciate that. Yeah. Super easy to run your zippers. Um, that little, I mean, just little things like we call it D loop material, but that material, and then it's coated and it's just long enough that you, if you did have a glove on, you can grab it, you know? Yeah, the, the hoods, I'll tell you, you know, we you get so much concern and, and kind of challenge with hoods. And there's some people that make some pretty nice hoods out here. I would put our hood size and functionality against about anyone. And there's about three design people that had little Ev Booty dolls that were jabbing sharp things into because I made them build like 14 <laughs> versions of our hood until they got it right. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of the, it's that, that perfect length of hood where you have peripheral vision, but you still have protection, but you still have just enough, you know, just enough. And I won't say, I mean, hoods make it really hard to hear period. It's, it's not like there's a good hood for hearing, but there is some thought where that hood just opens up just a little bit where you have about as good of hearing with the hood as you can have. So. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a unique, um, unique company like we were talking about, and, and we have a plethora of products that you can come in, you can try it on, and we haven't even talked about your hats and your stocking caps and your, um, the, the what is the extra hood or that neck gator hood all-in-one called? Yeah, balaclava, yeah. Yeah, like, phenomenal. But I do have a question. Um, what is it we're looking at here? Again, dialed in. The dialed in. Okay, um, avid bow hunter. Like, I, I, I do not gun hunt. Um, not that I'm against it. I just don't do it. Whenever right. someone says wool or Berber fleece and I have this warm coat on and I go to draw my bow and I'm worried about after the shot execution, we talk about slap on, you know, in some of us back in the day and maybe you guys did too. Like I would have an extra sock or a really tight knit thing. I would put over my left arm. I'm a right-handed shooter to keep that. You guys have incorporated that in, is it to all all of your jackets or just this this one that I'm looking at? Uh, it should be on all of them. Yeah, the side paneling like that. Yeah, yeah. the side paneling. Yep. I mean, it's genius, absolutely genius. And that's uh, again that and and, the, and we're we're open book when you guys come in and we can explain and this podcast is going to do a ton of explaining. We'll play it here in the shop when people are coming in, but the uh, you can try all this on. It's it's not going to bake the break the bank but yet it's it's definitely one of the top contenders if not the the top contender for your midwest style and and by all means out west too wherever you need you could buy this for all year and it's not a it's not an overly complicated four thousand piece lego set like it's you know get what you want to get what's comfortable <laughs> right and of course pick up the packs you need to get one of the packs on that we didn't talk about the gloves you want Anything on that? I'm kind of running. I, yeah, yeah, I think just come on in and check the stuff out. I would. I would definitely. You guys got anything more you want to talk about? Something I missed? No, I. I think we. You know, we told you the, the whole story and what we what we did and why we did it, and you know, we we, we feel 
you know, we nailed it. Um, you know, the, the brand and the, and the line definitely leans toward, you know, cool to cold weather. Um, we have some, put a lot of work into taking the same philosophies into stuff you can hunt in 60 and 70 degrees. And cause that's part of it too, you know, and, um, cause there's it's a big old country and a lot of different temperatures and variations. And, and so you look for us to solve some of the warmer weather, um, challenges as well. Yeah. And my suggestion would be, you don't have to throw away all your old camel right away come get a piece, give it yeah. a try and, and yep. let it speak for itself. Yeah. I yep. mean, plan your hunt accordingly and, and what the weather and the forecast may be. And, and that's what we're here. You know, I kind of play a big dumb idiot when I'm a host sometimes on that, but any of our, if you stop in the weight park location, those guys are dialed in phenomenally and, and Brainerd, um, the boys that live up North, we call it, they, they got it. I mean, Jason is a genius when it comes to clothing and, if he puts his stamp of approval on it, it's going to work. And you and literally, you can just take and try it on. And, yeah, I mean, it's see. just like we carry different kinds of bows and everything else. We're we're trying to find the best product selection for our customers, um, and this is this is one of those things that that we believe in and and think people should take a look at. Well, appreciate. It. Yeah, Jake, you guys have been awesome. I mean, I just just kind of you know, how to say hello when you stopped in the booth. And I mean, it's just the type of people we would really want to be partnered with. We, we had a lot of challenges early on. People said, you know, these, you know, traditional bow shops and, and this, you know, um, local retailers, you know, really, we can't, they can't sell clothes. And I, I'm like, well, okay. And we really think that, you know, that's not true. And, I think a lot of what we're doing is, is to find something that's specialized enough that has a big enough story that needs to be told. And you guys are doing a great job of telling that and been a great partner. So, so Absolutely. thank you for everything. Yep. Yeah, no, and you know, I think, I think we're a lot like you guys, everybody that works in our stores is passionate about archery and passionate about hunting. And, uh, you know, we, we still get excited when we see that new product and we find things that work and we like to share it with people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, we're dang sure going to put it to the test. Like I say, it's uh, Wednesday, and so Saturday morning. Friday. Uh, Friday, well, for you, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Missouri guy. But, yeah, Jake will be done. When, what are you guys got on the books for hunts? Where are you going? When are you starting, or have you started? We, I haven't sat in a tree yet. Um, I'm chasing antelope. I've, I've yeah. got a... I've got kind of an animal pitch that has never gone away, and I spend a lot of time crawling, crawling around in the sagebrush, and I've got one particular animal that's really kind of under my skin right now. So I'm I'm pretty passionate about that. But I'm actually I'm a, I've got a first whitetail hunt plan a week from Saturday, and a really cool place with my son, and hopefully get a bunch of video and got a good deer on camera. So um, it, it's coming fast. It'll be here. But animal right now are. I'm a, I'm a huge whitetail guy, but I I'll, I'll never give up my animal bug. You can tell that it's a, it's a shooter. You know how he labeled that. I'm going to a place with my son a week from yeah. <laughs> so you got a giant on camera. You're gonna go get him. That's what I love to hear. Yeah. And Jamie, you 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 hunt extensively. Is you got a like a certain time that you're running, or are you guys busy or not busy enough where you can get away? Um, oh, I, I still prioritize, prioritize the number one priority, which would be hunting. Of course, I was just in a blind yesterday going out as well. Um, a lot of scouting. We have a lot of mule deer around our area, but we've, um, this year has been a really good year where we're at in Nebraska as far as moisture. Um, my husband and I, we, we bought some land, um, and have done a lot of food plots and stuff. So this, there's a lot of good stuff. We just planted oats. Our soybeans are looking great. I think I think the whitetail and, and mule deer will really enjoy it this year. So we we're excited to be a good year. I love it. And um, again, come on in. And you guys are open book too. If they have any questions, they can call the company and they can you know you can get some answers and and walk through that. Right. Absolutely. Yep. We we answer chat sessions and phone calls like. Probably people are pretty amazed that <laughs> we might pick up at midnight. We really might. So um, don't test that too much. But <laughs> don't, 
We love it. No, we we appreciate you guys being on, and uh, you know we're this is what we call the after hours talk um, here in Rogers. We just finished up with an extremely busy day, and and things are leading up to it. But come on in. There's early season sets. There's mid season sets. There's cold and even colder, and and all the accessories that you need to go with it. We have everything readily available, and uh, it, it looks good. It sounds good. It feels good. One last question before I cut you all loose is is like taking care of this washing it thoroughly is it it too many washes not enough washes like give me some a little background on how i take care of my new set of code of silence yes great question um there's really you you won't you know you're not gonna uh ruin it um it will last longer if you just be nice to it but you can put it in machine you can wash it normally you can even dry it normally uh i think we you know our recommendation is that you machine wash it uh, gently, and that you that you line dry it. There's a lot of guys are line drying anyway, just from a scent yeah. perspective, and and um, it, it'll just it'll just stay in its original condition longer. Um, you know, it probably it might work better for the rattier it looks, actually. But um, you know, it, it is a high loft Berber. Over time, it'll it'll look a little roughed up, and it'll but it, it'll never you know, break down, deteriorate to the point where it's, it doesn't do its job. It's just, it's going to look better longer and look more original longer if you just uh, be nice to it. I love it. We plan on getting some blood on it a little bit. There you go. Send us pictures. We should. We should. We'll, uh, we'll keep in touch with you guys and maybe talk here after uh, ATA or whenever we, wherever we meet up. We'll tell you how the year went, but we surely appreciate you being on. Absolutely. Enjoy it, as you can tell. So. Yeah, and everybody, uh, stop into the Brainerd location, Weight Park, or Rogers. We have everything available. Try it on. Uh, do the self-test, more or less, and we'll be here to hook you up with any questions. On behalf of everybody at Archery Country Podcast, make sure that you give us a like, follow, and subscribe also on the YouTube channel, and check us out in shop. Thank you very much, and we'll see you on down the road. Thank you for listening to Archery Country Podcast.